Welcome to Of This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell. We'll learn about their creative process, their favorite cocktails, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm your host, Leanne Sims, along with Blair Beavers. You want to say hello, Blair? Hello. And producer Greg Hansberry. So tonight, our guest is Jillian Smith from Mouton in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Jillian. Hi. So Mouton was one of the original um, craft cocktail bars in Columbus, right? Yes. When did you guys start? So um, Mouton opened in 2010. Um, After the first year, it was uh, sold to the current owners. Um, And at that time, they kind of started, uh, they were interested in turning, it was originally more of like a, a wine bar wine focused. Okay. Um, and they kind of <clears throat> switched and started a, a cocktail program. Um, so I think Crystal Lobby, um, who you guys have had on the show. Yeah. Um, I think she, um, helped out a little bit in the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, some, some of the young guys took the reins and turned it into kind of what it is today. Yeah. It's funny cause, um, it was one of the first craft cocktail bars that I had been to. Um, and I thought it was pretty amazing back then. I think it was when I first moved downtown. Um, so maybe, I don't know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. But, um, it's a small space, so yes. it fills up quickly, but, um, it's a great, great and you guys have great, um, little small plus charcuterie. And yeah. We do cheese and charcuterie boards and, you know, the bread comes from the bakery that's around the corner, Laughlin's and we love Laughlin's. Do, yes. <laughs> we have uh, desserts also on the weekends. So one of the things that I remember is, um, you're also on our cocktail tour and the first tour that we did with you, you gave our guests this amazing Bloody Mary popcorn. Oh, I yeah. I can't get that stuff out of my mind. <laughs> it was the most amazing popcorn ever. It it really tasted like a Bloody Mary. Yeah, it did. It I, we don't really do that very often anymore, but, but that was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so delicious. So you won a, a contest recently, a cocktail competition, yes. Escalon Cocktail Fights 2018. Yes, we, uh, my partner PJ Ford from Light of Seven Matchsticks, um, and I got to, we won the regionals, so now we get to, uh, they're going to take us on a little trip to Mexico for Day of the Dead. Oh, that's amazing. awesome. Yeah, so all, all the contestants, it's kind of nice we get to go meet each other first, um, and then the finals will be in New York in November. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah. So you didn't just win it. You, you, uh, there was a record involved there. What was that? Something like Columbus won? Well, so um, there was uh, a pool of 12 teams, and then uh, that was whittled down to four, and three of the four teams were ended up being Columbus teams. It was a tri-city fight, so it was... Uh, Versus Indianapolis and Chicago. Oh, wow. So one team from Chicago and three teams from Columbus. So we had a pretty good shot of bringing back the title to Columbus That's at that amazing. point. But Yeah. So how did you prepare for that? Um, well, it's kind of, it's, it's a really fun competition. Probably the, the most fun that I've ever had at a competition. Um, it's, you pick a theme um, and dress up. So PJ and I sat down and I, we, we both had like a couple themed ideas, kind of like duos. Um, and we talked through a few and 
ended up with uh we did a super mario themed so he was luigi and i was actually bowser and um <laughs> our cocktail was called princess and the peach and so um it was it was pretty pretty interesting so so we kind of built the cocktail together i know a lot of people i think um you were able to submit and pick a partner later um and i think a lot of people did that pj and i actually started off like we came up with the idea together, we made the cocktail together. So he kind of like threw out some ideas, um, you know, peach, and we ended up. He wanted to work with tamarind, and I threw cilantro in there and some salt, and that's kind of how it went. And what was the tag team part or aspect of the competition? Um, so it was kind of a chopped style competition. So we, the first round, you, you came out and you had to do kind of an intro. So they, there were stairs at this place, so they had us actually coming down the stairs. It was really funny. Um, so we came in and they had you know a, a song playing. We got to pick our own song, come in, do what a little song? skit. Um, it was like a remix of... of uh, Super Mario. <laughs> um, and so we actually came up and we did like, he had a, a blow up costume. So it was Mario riding Yoshi. We actually accidentally ordered him a child size costume. <laughs> so it got even funnier because we had to like cut the back of it, but still make it. So anyway, it was pretty funny. We looked pretty ridiculous. Um, so then we got to make the cocktails for the judges. We had five minutes to set up our bar, make four cocktails and present them. Um, and that was kind of them getting to see like our, our skit and our personality and the theme of, of our cocktail. And then it went into a chop style. So they didn't even tell us. We weren't even allowed off stage. <laughs> so we were the first ones to go. We went against another Columbus team. And um, they were like, pick A or B. And I was like, A. PJ's like, okay, B, yeah, all right. So they blindfolded him and put noise-canceling headphones on him. So he had no idea what was going on. They came up and spun a wheel with two... They picked, like, two words. Um, and then... And then... So we got shaken and salty. I had one minute to pick ingredients. They took the blindfold and stuff off PJ, and then I couldn't touch anything. We couldn't go back to the table to get any more ingredients, and he had to build a cocktail. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So we, we kind of struggled in that round, actually, because we were building this awesome cocktail. And all of a sudden, I realized he wasn't building four cocktails. He was building one. And so we kind of scrambled, but I think it tasted good. <laughs> um, yeah. And we got it out there. And then the last, uh, the last round, they picked a, a word out of a hat, um, and they chose the word hero. And so you had to team up and pick uh, make a cocktail based on hero. We ended up doing... Um, like a, a Star Wars theme, like dark, light versus dark. Um, and yeah. Fun. That's so cool. And yeah. you had to use, the only ingredient you had to use every time was the Espelon The Espelon, tequila. yeah. We got to use um, any of their products, or any of three of their tequilas. Um, we had to use an ounce and a half in each cocktail. So That's amazing. Yeah. So when you go to Mexico, mm -hmm. um so do you get to take a friend, or is it just you and... It's uh, just PJ and I go, okay. um, and then all the other competitors will be there. Fun. Um, so that'll be nice. It's going to, you know, networking is really important when you're competing. It's you know, one of the, the most fun parts is meeting people from, all, you know, all over. So it'll be nice to be able to go and meet them first, and then 
that way when you go to the competition, because you're kind of tunnel visioned when you're in competition. So when you meet people, there's a lot going on. You have to stay focused. We're already going to know these people. We'll already have like stories and, and like stuff. I'm, I'm really excited. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. So how did you get started as a bartender? Um, I kind of, I mean, I was always kind of interested in it. I've worked in restaurants for a very long time. Um, and I kind of bartended some weddings at a country club and did some bartending at a country club for a little while. Um, and then when I was working at Natalie's Coal Fired Pizza, um, they started getting a little more interested in cocktails and um, doing like barrel aging. And I kind of took that over as my project and then just like pushed myself back behind their bar, I guess. And yeah, so. So how much, do, do you create the whole menu at Mouton or is it a collaboration? No, that's that a collaboration. Work? There's um, a, so, uh, there's quite a few cocktails on our menu that are um, kind of like maybe like Lost Classics or other like modern stuff that other bars have done. And some of them are, are, are originals, probably about half and half. Okay. Um, what but, do you like working with the most? What's your favorite spirit? Base spirit. spirit. Do you have one? Probably gin. Gin. Yeah. We like gin. I like too. the shaken gin cocktails. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm speaking with you of on that. <laughs> yeah. I'd like mine stirred. Well, I love just martini. a crisp martini. Martini, yeah. sure, but I I do love an aviation. I love true, a gimlet. Yeah. I, There's yeah. just so much stuff you can do with gin. Yeah. yeah. It's true. And it's funny because so many people don't like gin. That's the biggest right. thing we hear on our cocktail tours. Oh, not gin. I had a bad experience. I don't want gin. I get that. And then by the end, people are like, wow, I didn't know I liked gin. Yeah. I, we get that a lot. Um, we don't have a lot of um, like vodka or anything on our menu, but we have a really heavy gin heavy menu right now. Um, so getting people like just, you know. They're like, oh, I don't know, but I really hate gin. And I'm like, well, you know, we have like a, a split-based slow gin and, and navy strength gin cocktail and pushing them towards that. And all of a sudden they realize they don't hate all gins. Slow gin. <laughs> that's that's a blast from the past. So that went away for a while, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Kind when, of. That was, um, so my parents, they don't drink at all, but they would have parties every once in a blue moon and they would serve everyone slow, slow gin. gin. And back then it was like this syrupy, just gross cherry stuff. <laughs> and we would go around the table after the adults like left the dinner table and they would leave their glasses behind. We would drink the rest of their slow gin. <laughs> and then we'd sneak into my dad's little bar. He had like three bottles in it. It was like cold duck and um, slow gin. And we would drink the slow gin. It was like cherry. It was like Luden's cough drops. You know what those yeah. are? <laughs> <laughs> so then it went away for a long time and now it's back. So I don't think I've tasted it since... It's come back on the market. I'm sure yeah. it's much better than it was back then. <laughs> I certainly hope so. So speaking of cocktails, um, you're going to make us a cocktail. I am. What are you going to make for us? Um, I'm going to make an Ango Collins. So just really e- easy, equal parts, Angostura, um, lemon, and simple syrup. I've never had a cocktail made just with Angostura bitters. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I love bitters, though, so I'm pretty excited. Um, so we're going to take a break. We're going to make a cocktail and then we'll come back. Now it's serious when you've got to pour the angostura. 
And we are back with an Ango cocktail. Is that what we call this? Yeah, it's an Angostura Collins. Uh, okay. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Angostura Collins. <laughs> mm, that oh, man, is that's, tasty. That's so good. So tell us how you made this. Um, <clears throat> it's just so equal parts lemon juice, simple syrup, and Angostura bitters. Um, Top it off with club soda. That's pretty much it. Um, the first time that I ever had this cocktail was actually at uh, Porco Tiki Lounge up in Cleveland. And I was uh, with a couple of friends, and it was towards the end of the night, and one of my friends asked the bartender for, you know, something a little bit, like, lower proof, easier drinking. Um, and this is what he made her. And um, I later on, I think I was flipping through and vibe. Or one of those magazines, and it popped up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." And I remembered how much I, like we all liked the cocktail, and so it I use delicious. it now. It's and actually you, on our menu at Mouton currently. And you serve it in a Collins glass. Serve it in a Collins glass. That's what makes it a Collins. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so is this? Would this be considered a digestive? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Um, it would definitely help settle your stomach, or or uh, after a big meal. Nice. And um, so I noticed the uh, Angostura bottle, the label. Do you know the story behind that label? Um, I, I don't know all the... I From what I've heard, it was that they originally printed the labels too big. And then that they, for some reason, they just chose to keep them that way. But I don't actually know if that's yeah, true. Yeah, so there's a couple of stories that I've read. For our listeners who've never seen an Angostura bottle, it's a small bottle of bitters with a giant label. The right. label clearly does not fit the bottle. And the story that I've read, I've read a couple different stories, but one of them that makes the most sense to me is... a. Um, the person who was in charge of purchasing and printing and all that at the Angostura company accidentally uh, ordered the labels that were too large when they came in, you know, that stuff costs a lot of money. And they were like, oh, these are too big. And he was like, no, I meant to do that, meant to do it because that's going to make it stand out on the shelf. <laughs> so that sounds believable to me. I do. I will say a lot of people comment on on the label yeah yeah so that's how you remember it so it, i guess it it did work but i think you'd probably remember it because it's delicious and but whatever so you've been a bartender for a while mm -hmm. so you must have some stories that you would want to share about the crazy business that you're in <laughs> give me a story um I mean, I, I feel like most of my stories are end up being like game day drunk people stories because for people who don't know Ohio State football, uh, being someone who was originally from, uh, not from here, I was from California and moved here and I remember my first Ohio State game day, I went to the store and there was like nobody in the store <laughs> and the game was playing over the speakers and I'm like, what is with... Everybody, and then you learn. Like, I mean, it is such a big deal here, and people love to tailgate and party on game day. We're yes. both transplants too, so <laughs> yeah, it was new to us when we first moved here. <laughs> it's it's hard to understand unless you actually you know right. live here during it. Um, but uh, it was uh, I think it was my first year working at Mouton, and I was making drinks on the well. This couple came and stood in our service well. 
and he seemed okay, and she was pretty drunk, so we gave her, you know, we, we have little glasses for our water, but we just gave her a big glass of water, and she was like, okay, well, she's not going to get served. Let's see how this plays out, and she finally, like, gets, and I, she grabs a lemon out of my garnishing bowl and takes a bite out of it, and she goes... That's a lemon. And I was like, you are right. And that lemon is not for you. And here you drink your water. You're not going to be having a drink with us this evening. Um, I don't know. I always feel like that's my one of my funny. It was it was kind of shocking. I'm like, what did you just do? You- so how do you do that? Like you must that must happen. How do you know when you need to cut somebody off? And what do you how do you do it? Um. I would say that um, a lot of the times that people don't get too upset about it because they know that they're too drunk. Um, mostly it only happens to us. Like, I mean, I've, on weekends, our cocktails are very strong. I mean, most, most cocktails and most cocktail bars are very strong and people don't always realize that when they're, when they're drinking them until they stand up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, I, it's it's our responsibility to um, kind of provide a a space for our, all of our customers, so not to have a good time. And sometimes a drunk, belligerent person, if they're affecting other people's time, sometimes you have to ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. Or and you know it, it's our responsibility to safely serve people. So if someone walks in and they're visibly really intoxicated and shouldn't have another drink. I don't want to serve them a drink because if I, once I serve them a drink then then I'm one of the people that have overserved them and if there's something if something happens to them or you know they get behind the wheel of a car and something happens like we're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And so um I always remind especially my young bartenders who sometimes have a hard time with it. I always you know remind them that it, it is our responsibility and if you if we serve them a drink then you know, yeah, there's an actual law. In the right. Books. I, you know, I can't remember the name of it right now. It escapes me, but there's an actual law that you are responsible for. Yeah. Serving safely. And some of my young bartenders don't like, don't actually know that. And so I have to explain to them, look, if that person gets, you know, hurt somebody or, you know, if they say I you know, was drinking at Mouton and you're the bartender, you know, you're the person that gave them the drink, you're, you can be held responsible. So I think it's very important to to really, you know, it's not a fun it's not a fun subject. I can tell you that it's not a fun. Oh, I'm sure it's got to be awkward. <laughs> but um, I mean, we usually talk about it. You know, the staff will kind of come together. So if someone will say, "I don't think this person should have another drink," I don't know that we should serve them. You know, we'll send someone else over to the table to kind of check out the situation, and we usually collectively decide as a team no, this, like, we're not going to serve them. And do you ever like just give them what they think is a cocktail, but really just give them like Sprite or whatever and not charge them for it? Um, <laughs> I don't think that we've done that. They'd probably notice and be like, <laughs> throw, throw it in your face or something. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't think that we, have you ever had to call the police on somebody? Um, we've, I mean, being in the short North, we do get every once in a while, we get a little bit of riffraff. So yes, but not any, I haven't had to call the police on a customer, luckily. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Get a pretty nice group of people. We do. Yeah. It's a classy place. And you can tell that when you walk in. So yeah, yeah. It's not a 
dot bar by <laughs> any means. So, so what is it like being a female in this business? Is it harder? Um, what's your feeling on that, especially in this climate now of the Me Too and yeah? Up? I mean, I think I I think that. Um, I mean, I think if you talk to any female bartender, um, it is it is different for us. Um, I've had times um, that people, I will be the only person working at Mouton like a weeknight, and I'm the only person in the room. And I'll go up to take an order from a table, and they'll look around and they'll say, um, can you have the bartender make me... And I'm like, I'm the only person. <laughs> Where do you think this bartender is? Like, I am the bartender, and and we get we get it a lot. I had a, a young bar back when I um, first started managing Mouton. He was actually 20 years old, like one month away from being 21, and um, constantly people would say, "Can you ask?" You, ask him what what whiskey he would wants to put in my drink and i'm like he's 20 years old like he doesn't know whiskey yeah i mean there's a lot of people that just don't think i mean i luckily well i wouldn't say luckily but right now and and for like probably about the last year year and a half um mouton has had a mostly female staff mm-hmm. um we have one guy right now that works one day a week and the rest are all girls um, so we we see less and less of it because there is no one for them to look at and yeah. say, you know. Um, I think, you know, um, World Class just ended today. Um, and Laura Newman from Alabama was um, in the top four. And if you read any of her stuff, like on Facebook, um, she wrote this thing that said um, that she walked into a bar in 2012 in New York was one of her favorite bars and asked if she could ever get hired like she wanted to be a bartender asked inquired about a job and they told her that they don't hire female bartenders but she would make a good cocktail server wow and like here she is you know she was top four at world class this year that's just insane yeah so it is different um I don't even see how that's legal. I mean, it, it isn't. There's right. but they just do it because nobody yeah. probably talks about it. And nobody, nobody knows. Wow. Well, they're lost. That's what I say. Yeah. So. I mean, I think you see. I mean, uh, you don't see as many female bartenders. I think you're starting to see more and more um, in Columbus. I mean, I was trying to think today. Like, we do have quite a few. And I, but I think why they stand out to me is that it's not like there's a a lot of them, but the female bartenders that we do have in Columbus are pretty kick ass. Yeah. So. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like when I was thinking about well, before I came, I was thinking about all the female, and I was like, well, they're amazing. So are they? You yeah. know, like I, I think um, like a lot of the ones that from Curio, right? I mean, Annie Williams won Bombay Sapphire last year, right? Um, so that's amazing. Yeah, you have Rebecca Monday and right. Crystal Lavi, so people like that. So I yeah. think a lot of our females in Columbus are pretty pretty badass. Yeah, and you're pretty badass too. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your, um, did I already ask you what your favorite spirit is? I don't think so. Um, my favorite spirit, my favorite spirit is Fernet. <laughs> Which is in, uh, we had that, uh, um and last last week on our yeah our tea in our tea yeah kitchen. I can't lie I am I am a Fernet person and um, but other than that I would say whiskey is probably second 
And then third is probably tequila. So I kind of go in that order. I like to make a lot of cocktails with gin, but I wouldn't say I drink a lot of it. I would say mine is that order as well. Probably whiskey, gin, tequila, or maybe, I don't know, maybe tequila and then gin. Because I do love me some tequila. I do too. But you know what's funny is I, I like silver. I love Reposado. I don't like Anejo as much, which hmm. it seems like I would because yeah. I like whiskey. Um, but it's, I don't know. There's just something about the Reposado that's just that right balance between. Yeah, um, I would say Repos are probably would you? my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a great. I want to know more about tequila. I don't know that much about. Well, when tequila. I get back from Mexico, I'll let you know. Oh yeah, school me, please. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would awesome. love to go to Mexico and go to a, a tequila distillery. That would yeah. be so amazing. Well, you get to do that. Well, you get oh, to yeah. go to Yeah, there. So we go to Guadalajara for Day of the Dead, and then they take us um, to Mexico City, and then down to the distillery for an educational. I think we spend two days there. So that would be amazing. Yeah. I like watching on, uh, I think it's national geographic. They show, um, the fields and the harvesting the oh, agave yeah. and how they cut them with those giant, like flat shovel ish things. And it's you know, those guys have been doing that for their Ever. whole life. <laughs> They, they do it so fast, but it's just, it's just really I think cool. even being down there for Day of the Dead would be quite an experience. Are you going to paint your yeah. face? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I haven't really decided. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't really. That would awesome, be so though. fun. I, I think we should probably take our, our Super Mario costumes and be like Super Mario Day of the Dead, <laughs> paint our faces. So I'm glad you cleared that up about the Super Mario thing because I saw the pictures on Facebook and I was like, that's an interesting uh, <laughs> yeah. outfit they chose. We had like a little skit and everything too, but um, we didn't realize like, I mean, we knew it was, there was going to be a stage. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're going to fine tune it for New York. We have some ideas to mm-hmm. a little like bigger and better next when time. When is New York? Uh, the competition is the 19th. So, and we just, we go out there. We'll just be there one. Well, we fly out Sunday and we come back Tuesday. So. Of October? <clears throat> November. Okay. And then if you win that, then what? I think that's it. I think you get like another, so we got like the, these big like wrestling belts. They're really cool. Um, but I think you just get another one of those. I don't know what happens if you win. I, if I haven't gotten that far. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you win a million dollars. I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that. <laughs> That'd be great though. I mean, we're that's just exci- we're life. just excited that we got this far. It was like, you know. It's pretty, it's now pretty you and PJ obviously were friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've. Um, I mean, we're not like very close friends or anything, but uh, he he's somebody that like I I think the light of seven matchsticks is he's done a great job there. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of I wanted to do it with somebody from a different bar because it's I I wanted it to be fun. I, yeah. It was what, and I didn't want it to feel like like work. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pair up with somebody from from another bar and he was one of the people that got back to me first and said, yeah. So we love PJ. He's amazing. He is great. He does good things. And I saw he's teaching people how to make cocktails. He now, is. So I love yeah. That. That's really great. Tell us where um, Mouton is and, and when you're open, what your hours are. Um, so Mouton, we're located at 954 North high street. So right in the heart of short North. Um, we are open Tuesday through Sunday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 5 to 11, uh, Friday, Saturday from 4 to 1, and Sunday uh, 
from 4 to 10. Do you guys do happy hour? We do happy hour during the week till 7 o'clock. Okay, what's the deal for happy hour? Uh, we do $6 um, highballs and some $6 beer and wine options. So, yeah. yeah that's and when would good we deal. find you behind the stick? Um, I am there Wednesday through Saturday. Um, awesome. Pretty much find me there anytime during that. All right, listeners, get down to Mouton and visit Jillian. She'll make you a delicious Ango Collins cocktail. This is really just so delicious because it's kind of a fall cocktail. It kind of reminds me of like a spiked clove orange. It's a beautiful color, too. It's no, a beautiful. It's, it's absolutely um, delicious. It's kind of a, what would you call that color? Like burnt orange? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a very nice cocktail. Delicious. Low proof, so you can have two. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I mean, not like completely we'll, we'll low proof, but that. lower proof. <laughs> lower proof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it, it's definitely lighter. There's not, not a lot of alcohol in it. Awesome. Well, Jillian Smith, thank you so much thank for being our guest. And that's it for this episode of If This Bar Could Talk. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, and tell all of your friends, please. Also, check out our cocktail tour. Mouton is on our cocktail tour. You can find tickets and dates at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry. And thank you to the biographer who composed and performed our original music. And Blair? Please remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and always be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.